You're listening to the Travel Geniuses podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 32. Are you struggling to know what to write about on your blog? You won't after this episode. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. This episode, I'm going to be talking about blogging again. And I know I said, or at least I think I said in the last episode that I would be doing a blog series. Well, I did, I forgot, I guess, that I already did an episode about blogging where I covered part of it. So that leaves me only two other topics I wanted to cover, which isn't really much of a series. So I'm not going to do a full three-part series anymore. Go ahead, if you haven't already, and check out episode 15, and I will link to it in the show notes, but it's travelgeniuses.com slash episode 15. And in that episode, I really basically covered why you should have a blog and why I think you should have a blog. And I covered a couple of other things, just gave a brief overview of like how to write it Um, But I'm going to go in more depth in that topic today. And then sometime over the next couple of months, I will do an episode about promoting it. And I have some other sort of add-on topics coming too. I have really excited Britt from Marketing Personalities is going to be on the show, you guys. And I don't know if you've heard of her, but if you're into like, I think it's Myers-Briggs, the INFJ is what I am, but it's like the four letters that represent your personality type. She breaks down the type of marketing you should do based on your personality type. And you all know I'm really, really adamant about you doing things in your business and building a business that you enjoy. And that's really what she does is helps you figure out what marketing strategies and platforms you should use that will match your personality. So they're things that you will enjoy a lot more. So I'm going to have her on as part of that ongoing conversation sort of on how to market your blog or whatever content you create. So um, be on the lookout for that. But for today's episode, we're going to talk about how to create that content, how to know what to say, Um, how to put it together into a blog post, and just kind of how to organize your thoughts around some of that. And I want to start by saying, and this goes for even the why you should have a blog episode as well. I don't necessarily mean just a blog when I'm talking about this. There are lots of ways for you to publish content. So this doesn't necessarily just apply to a blog post, but this could also be in a podcast, which is my primary Um, way of communicating with you guys and creating content for you. These ways of creating content could also be used for a YouTube channel if your video is your thing. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to any episode I do really when I talk about a blog. I really mean any of those platforms or any way of creating content or any place you would publish content, I guess, is a better way to say it. Um, Blogging is the easiest and lowest cost of entry, lowest barrier to entry, I guess. It's, you don't need a lot of equipment. You don't need a lot of technical knowledge. You need a website with a blog platform and you need a computer and a keyboard. You don't need a lot of technical knowledge in order to do this. Whereas podcasting requires some additional equipment and some editing skills and know-how and some additional software. Video would actually be the most complicated, at least in my opinion, just because I don't, I've edited quite a few videos, but it's a lot harder in my opinion, at least for me. Um, also requires a lot more of 
equipment, you need the video camera, you need video editing software. And again, this is just my bias because for me, I don't upload videos to YouTube very often. So there's a huge learning curve there for me. So I would rate them based on the ease of entry would be blog posts are easier or the easiest podcasts would be second and then video would be third. However, whatever you feel more comfortable with works. You could do YouTube videos with just your iPhone or sorry, (laughs) I'm biased to iPhones with just your cam, your phone camera. Um, And if you feel comfortable editing or that's something that you enjoy, then that's a pretty easy, low barrier to entry platform for you. So just pick what's easier for you and what feels more comfortable. And I think that's something we might discuss too when I have Brit on the show. But just go with the one that feels easier and least intimidating to you. I used to think I was a writer. I actually used to want to be a writer when I was a kid, actually won a writing contest. And even into my adult years, I really wanted to write and really enjoyed it and still do sometimes. But it stresses me out a little bit more. Whereas here with a podcast, I'm just talking to you. I'm not that worried about every single word that comes out of my mouth, but I do feel that pressure when I'm writing. So it surprises me a bit that podcasting has turned into such a fun platform for me. So just feel free to experiment with things too and see what comes naturally. But I just, that's a long way of saying anytime you hear me say blog, just know that that applies to just about any way you would create content for your audience. So let's stop rambling and get right to some of the meat of this episode. Some of this I did mention briefly in episode 15, but I just really wanted to cover it more in depth. So one thing that I hear a lot of people say when they when I talk to them about creating a blog post is I'm not a writer. I'm not a travel writer. I don't know what to say. So first I just want to say, you're not supposed to be a travel writer. That's not your purpose here. If you're writing blog posts to grow your business, you don't need some big flowery, lovely description of your latest walk down the beach on Kauai or something. Um, if people want to read that, they will go get Condé Nast or travel and leisure and they'll read something there. I have a friend who she was writing a blog post on my encouragement and she had me read it and it was a lovely, lovely write up of a trip she had recently taken, but that wasn't really something that was going to be helpful in her finding new clients or encouraging people to call her or showcasing her expertise. It showcased that she was a good writer and that she had a really lovely experience, but it didn't position her as the expert. So all that pressure about how wonderfully you need to write and how descriptive you need to be, you can just let go of all of that. All I want you to do is think about the questions people have and answer them. And there's a wonderful book about this that I'm sure I've mentioned before called They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. It's a really great book that just drives home this point and gives you a lot of um additional insight in how to make this happen. And we will be covering it sometime early next year in the Insiders Club. So if you're interested in working through that with us, go ahead and sign up for the waitlist. I'll have the link to that in the show notes for this episode as well. And then um, it's not open now, so you can't join until sometime early next year. 
But if you're interested, you can sign up for the wait list and be notified when it's opened again. But that's a wonderful book and we'll explain it a lot better than I can here. But basically, you just want to find out the questions that your audience has, the people in your niche, and then answer those questions in your blog post. And I do need to also mention, (laughs) it's really helpful if you know your niche and a couple of specialties that you want to start off with as well. So those of you who are new around here, in my opinion, your niche is the people you help or the kind of person you you help. And your specialty is a destination you are more knowledgeable, knowledgeable about and specialize in. So this helps in a lot of ways because you don't know the questions people have if you don't know who the people are. So if your niche is families traveling with teenagers, then it helps to know what kinds of questions they're going to have about traveling with teenagers, what they what questions they have about a specific destination that you specialize in. So it's really important to know all of that in advance, which is why I harp on it so much. I keep saying it helps make your marketing and everything else you do so much easier if you know who you're trying to reach. Well, here's a really great example of why. So if you want to learn more about that, um, I do have an episode episode three, I talk all about choosing a niche and why I think it's important. And then episode 12 is where I've talked about the specialty. And then I also do have that um, one page marketing framework where I walk you through choosing those, um, your niche, your specialty, and then your marketing channels as well. So I think all of those things would be really great for you to go back and revisit. They're all free. I have links to all of them in the show notes for this episode. So make sure you go check those out if you don't already, haven't already worked through those things. Okay, I mean, at this time, now we're going to get into the content. So what we want to do with your blog content is answer questions that people have. And this helps in a couple of ways. First, it helps with SEO. And I'm not an SEO expert. SEO is search engine optimization. It's how you design your website and create your content so that it shows up higher in searches when Google pulls up search results for somebody who's looking for something. So if your niche is retired couples with no children at home, and they're looking for someplace to go over the holidays, the Christmas holidays, that it will not be full of children, and you have an article about five places to go over the Christmas holidays, where there are very few children or where no kids are allowed or however you want to phrase that or however you think they would phrase that when they're searching, your post has a chance of showing up in the search results when they look for that on Google, depending on a million other factors as well, um, because SEO is very complicated. But it's just good practice for SEO in general to just answer questions in your blog posts. Another benefit to simply answering questions when you're creating content and writing blog posts is that it positions you as an expert in people's eyes. So no matter how somebody lands on your site, whether it's because a friend referred you to them or they found you on Facebook or Instagram somehow or they found you in a Google search, seeing you answer questions knowledgeably is going to elevate you in their eyes and show them and demonstrate that you know what you're talking about and that you're somebody they can trust with their vacation time. 
as you create more and more content and you're talking about things that people should pack the best times of year to go somewhere, the best places for certain experiences, the best place in Italy to get that really thick, creamy, hot chocolate. Oh, I don't even know how to find that. But if somebody writes a blog post about that, I definitely want to read it. Now, if you have several articles like that on your blog, um, or on your website, demonstrating that you've kind of vetted things out, you know what the people in your niche are looking for and what they need. People are going to read that even if they don't read every single one, but read the headlines and know that you've written about it and are knowledgeable knowledgeable about those things, um, they're going to feel like you're somebody that they can trust and want to work with to plan their vacation. Writing a really pretty descriptive article about the walk on the beach and the way the the sun was coming down and reflecting on the ocean, whatever, like that tells them that you went there and that you can write well, but it doesn't show them that you have what it takes to plan their vacation. Okay, now my final and favorite benefit of just simply answering questions when you're creating content and writing blog posts is that it's easy. And why should we make things complicated if there's an easy way to do it? Um, It's so much easier to just answer questions for people than it is to try and sit there and be creative and think of something creative to say about a destination. It's easy to come up with topics. It's easy to write about them. And it's easy to feel confident in sharing them because you're not worried as much, or at least I'm not, that you're going to be judged if you're simply answering questions versus feeling like you have to be some great travel writer. Now, I do know some of you worry that people will take all your ideas and all the information you're sharing and just book their vacation themselves with your information. And the truth is, yes, there will be people who do that, but there will be more people who don't want to do it themselves and will see this as a reason to trust you to plan their vacation. People who DIY things are always going to DIY things and you holding back information is not going to change that. They can probably honestly find the same information somewhere else unless this is something that you're the only person in the world who knows about it. Um, So just let go of that fear and Focus more on the people that you're going to be attracting than the people who are just going to use your information and go book it themselves. Now, my favorite reason for just answering questions when you're creating content is because it's so much easier. There's not this pressure to try and be creative and brilliant. You're just literally answering people's questions. One of the biggest excuses I hear from agents when I suggest that they create content or write blog posts is that they don't know what to talk about. This throws that excuse right out the window because all you have to do is answer people's questions. And I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can find out what those questions are that the people in your niche are asking. So the first and most obvious would be to listen to what people are saying. So anytime you have a consultation call or getting to know you call or whatever you want to call it with a potential client or even a pre-planning call with some existing clients that you've been working with, pay attention to the questions they're asking. Are they asking about price? Are they asking about what time of year to go? Is there something particular they want to see and do in a destination that maybe you need some extra prep for? Um, Do they need certain equipment? Is there a time of year that they need to go to do this thing? Um, Just be paying attention to all of that and 
track them all. Um, I have a notes app on my phone and I'm constantly adding things to that. So you could just create a note on your phone. And anytime you hear a question from somebody, add it to that. Um, if you're pen and paper, you're welcome to jot it down on a piece of paper somewhere in a notebook. Um, you can also use Trello. I use Trello a lot to keep track of ideas. So that would be the most obvious thing. The next place you can go is online. There are a lot of websites that have forums where people can ask questions and get answers. And some are even specific to travel. For instance, Trippy is one um, where people ask questions about travel specifically. There are subreddits on Reddit about travel where people are asking questions and other forum readers are answering them for them. Um, even TripAdvisor, they're not just for reviews. There are people, I use them a lot when I'm trying to research something, the best way to do XYZ or the best place to go for something. Um, so you can get a lot of examples of questions people are asking on there as well. Facebook groups are another option. They're a little different because you do usually need to join the group in order to see what people are posting in there. And a lot of times, if you are not somebody who's part of that niche already, then you're going to have a harder time getting in. They might not accept you. I know somebody who uh, wanted to market to a certain segment and she wasn't part of the niche and none of the groups would approve her membership because of that. So Facebook groups can be a little harder to get into. But if you're part of that niche, it's a great place to go to try and gain some more insight into the questions that the people in your audience might have. Now, that all being said, do not go running to all these forums and Facebook groups and start talking about how you're a travel agent and what questions do you have and how can I help and you should book with me and I'm going to answer this question and if you need to know more, call me. Don't do that. That is a surefire way to, at the very least, get yourself ignored and worst case scenario, get yourself kicked out and banned from the group forever. That is not the way you do this thing. I will do a podcast episode later about how to use groups to to grow your audience and maybe gain some clients that way. But all I'm talking about today is just going in and listening and making note of questions that people ask. You will ruin it for everyone if you go in there trying to promote yourself and get clients in a group without having a really clear strategy first. And that's beyond the topic of this episode. So save that for another day. Right now, I just want you to go in and be an eavesdropper. Another really fun tool is called Answer the Public. And it's quite different. You type in some terms and it will tell you what people are searching for online regarding those terms. So it's a little tricky to use. It takes a little bit of practice and experimentation, but um, you'll get the hang of it if you give it a shot. So I just typed in family Italy because I just have Italy on the brain and family travel is a niche I default to a lot. So there are several different um, types of search results that it pulls up. And one that I like is the alphabeticals. And you can just scroll through all these different phrases that have been searched for. So here's what came up. And these are just a few. I'm not even going to try to read all of them. But family agritourism, Italy, family accommodation, Italy, family apartments, Italy, Italy, family activity holidays, Italy, family, all inclusive holidays, 
family adventure Italy, um, family beach resorts, family bike tours. So there's all kinds of things that you could write about if you had families as your niche and Italy as one of your specialties that you're starting with. Now, I really don't, and you guys, sorry, if I seem very disjointed during this episode, it's because there's this dang fly that is flying around my head and I can't, it won't even go away from me long enough for me to shoot it. And I swear I've taken a shower today. It's just driving me nuts and making me kind of annoyed. (laughs) So I keep having to stop and start again. So if it sounds a little weird, this episode, that is why. And by shoot, I mean with one of those salt gun things that my husband got. Um, I don't actually have a literal gun I'm going to shoot it with. So just wanted to clarify that. Anyway, I wouldn't normally say that family travel is a niche. It's not narrow enough. It just, there's, it's too broad of a topic in my opinion, but you can use it as a starting point and narrow it down. All these questions, I'm sure families with teens, families with little kids, families with um, children who have special needs all want to know the answers to these things too. So you could do an article about um, family beach resorts in Italy that cater to teens or that have teen activities. And that could be one of your blog topics. So if you're struggling and don't seem to be pulling up any topics for your search term, you can broaden it out a little bit and um, just look at the overall topics and then focus those topics for your specific niche. And make sure you scroll through all of the different options. They, There are several types of search results that it pulls up. So don't just start with the first one. Scroll down and just look for anything that you think would make a good topic. And then one last idea would be to look on Amazon at books aimed at your niche. If there are books about your specific type of travel, um, And just read the table of contents. Do not copy anybody's content, you guys. But if you look at the table of contents, that might give you an idea of some of the things that questions that people are wanting to have answered. And you can even read through the reviews and maybe they'll say like, it had good information about XYZ, but I was hoping for more about something else. Those would be some topics that you know that people are looking for answers to as well. But again, please be very, very careful not to copy anybody's content. Just look at the the table of contents for some ideas. Okay. And obviously make sure you're keeping track of all these ideas you're coming up with and all these questions you're finding all over the internet and from your clients when you're speaking to them. I personally have a couple places that I keep notes. I have a notes app on my phone because my phone is always with me. So no matter what I'm doing, even if I don't have internet access, I can open up my notes app and jot down an idea. And then I typically have a master list in Trello. So I have a Trello board just for this podcast, for instance. And in there, I keep a running list of every idea I have, whether it's a good idea or not. I don't really try to judge it. Just if I have an idea, or if somebody suggests something or asks me a question, I put it down in there. And then I have another list right next to that of the five or 10 ideas that I want to work on next. And these are the ones that are my favorites and that I'm most excited about. Okay, so now you have all these questions that the people in your niche are asking about travel in general or travel to some of the destinations that are part of your specialty. What next? Well, that's what we're going to talk about now. The first thing I want you to do is just pick five of your favorites from that list. 
don't spend too much time worrying about it or asking yourself if it's perfect. Is this, are people going to really care about this? Don't worry about that. Just pick five that you're excited to talk about and write about. This one step is honestly the thing that's made all the difference for me in creating content. And when I don't do it, I really struggle. And those are the times when there are lapses in my content creation. There is nothing worse than sitting down in front of a blank page, a blank computer screen, or in front of a microphone and not having any idea what to say. Anytime I sit down to create content without a an idea or the topic already determined. I hate every single idea I come up with. Everything sounds stupid to me. I'm sure nobody's going to care about it. I probably don't have enough to say. Like I come up with a million reasons why every idea I think of is bad. But if I've sat down earlier and have five topic ideas that I was excited about at some point, and I know which one I'm going to do next, when I sit down to create content and I've already got that topic chosen, it's so much easier, like a bajillion times easier, you guys. It's made all the difference for me. So please give this a shot and don't just say, I'm going to sit down and write a blog post. Decide in advance which blog post you're going to write next. And then when you've made that time to create your content, sit down and write that one. Don't think about whether or not it's a good idea anymore. You've already decided that. So just sit down and write it. Now, here's how I write. Um, I have heard that there are two types of writers, those who put their first draft on paper and those who do their first draft in their head. I happen to be the kind that puts it on paper. Apparently, there are people who can run through all the scenarios and different ways to say things and ways to organize the content, and they do all that in their head. And when they sit down to write, they basically write out the first draft right then. I am not that way. I have a really hard time sometimes organizing my information in the right order. So this is what works for me. You can try it. And if it doesn't work, just keep experimenting until you find a style and a process that works for you. All I can share with you now is what I do. So I start by just writing down everything I can think of on that topic. I'm just literally brain dumping. I'm not judging it. I'm not trying to organize it. I'm just getting it all down. Usually at that point, I'm pretty tapped out and I don't want to think about that anymore. And I'm honestly feeling pretty overwhelmed by it and a little discouraged because I feel like the content's just all over the place and there's no way I'll ever organize it and make it make sense to anybody but myself. So at that point, I usually walk away. I'll either work on another topic or start working on something else entirely. The next time I sit down to work on it, I'll organize it a little more. So I'll put like ideas together and maybe try to organize things chronologically so that it makes sense when I'm talking about it. I also make note of any gaps I need to fill. So if I'm writing a blog post about this amazing hot chocolate in Italy and where to find it, we would obviously narrow that down. So let's say Rome. I would do a brain dump and write down every thought I have about the hot chocolate. And I would probably at this point even write out some full paragraphs. It just sometimes feels more natural to me. But whatever works for you, just write out everything you think of. I just try really hard not to edit and um, correct myself or judge any of my ideas at this point. So I would be talking about how delicious it is and how I literally have not had American hot chocolate since I've had the Italian thick, amazing hot chocolate because I just, it's like, 
it doesn't even compare. So I can't stomach it anymore. Um, and how hard it is to find and some stories about the times I have found it. So I'd write about all of that. And then let's imagine that I actually know where to find this good hot chocolate in Rome. I would write down my five favorite places, the places that had the best hot chocolate in Rome. But maybe I don't remember the exact names. I don't remember exactly where they are. And I have to go back through some trip notes I have somewhere. Maybe I need to Google something. Maybe I need to reach out to one of my suppliers for some clarification on something or to get their feedback to make sure I'm providing the correct information. Um, Another thing you may want to make note of at this step in the process too are any pictures that you need. Now, if you're doing a blog, pictures and visuals are really important. So you want to make sure you're thinking about that too as you're preparing your content. Okay, so now we have our content basically put in the order we're going to use it. We've got some notes for some things we have to get. Now let's assume we've gotten that information. And at this point, we can sit down and write the final draft. Now me personally, at this point, I usually have things pretty well written and I just need to pop in those bits of extra information, make sure everything flows really well and I'm done. You may need to write more. Maybe your outlining process is more um points that you want to make versus mine, which is more full paragraphs. So whatever point you're at here, just go ahead and write out your a draft and then come back later to it if you need to and clean things up a little bit. Just check your grammar. I mentioned in the other episode using Grammarly. Um, and I did give some extra tips on how to write in a more conversational tone so you're not sounding like a corporation or a robot somewhere that wrote it. Um, so go back and listen to that episode, episode 15, for some tips on that. But just clean things up, fix your grammar, add the pictures, and you're done. Well, almost. <laughs> I almost forgot a really important step in this process, and that is creating the title for your blog post or whatever content you're creating. This used to be a really complicated process. I remember at one point believing that I had to come up with 20 different titles for every single piece of content I created and then pick the best one out of that because the theory was that the more you forced yourself to come up with, the more creative and catchy a title you would end up with. Well, those days are gone, at least in my opinion. I just want you to use the answer to your question as the title for your blog post. This lets people know exactly what they're going to get when they read the article, and they're more likely to read it if they know based on the headline that that's what the content is about. So for instance, for our example of the hot chocolate in Rome, it could just be my five favorite places for the best Italian hot chocolate in Rome. And that's not really a great example because I could very well be the only person who would Google something like that. But if you are selling family vacations, and we all know it's really hard to find family accommodations in Europe sometimes. So if it's a family of five, it's really hard to find a hotel room that will accommodate five people. So that could be the title of one of your blog posts, hotels in Rome for families of five or best family hotels in Rome, something like that. Don't try to be cute. Don't try to be clever. I tend to really struggle with that because I really like cute and clever headlines, but it just leaves people unsure of what they're going to read. So the more clear you can be about what the content is about, the better your chances that somebody's going to read it. And it's not just about search. It's about 
that is part of it. I mean, this will help with getting you higher in the search engines. But like I said before, that's a really complicated and difficult thing to do. But more importantly, when somebody lands on your site and they see those titles, they're more likely to read the article if it's something they're interested in versus some ambiguous, clever title that they have no idea what it's about. So here's what I hope you'll be able to do after listening to this episode and what I hope you will do. First, I'd love for you to sit down and start making a list of questions that you either have been asked or that you know people should ask or wish they would ask and start there and then check out some of those places online that I've suggested and do some searching in there too to see what questions people are actually asking. And then I want you to pick five of your favorites and make that list of those five and then pick one and schedule some time in your calendar preferably every day to work on this. So maybe just a half hour a day, that's fine. And that just gets you in the habit of doing it. So pick a time every day, put it in your calendar and protect that time as if it was a client appointment and just start working on it. And always make sure that you have two or three topics in the queue so that when you sit down, you know exactly what you need to do. And don't make it complicated, you guys. Remember, you're not trying to be a travel writer. You're not supposed to be a travel writer. You're just answering people's questions. And please try to resist the urge to ask for feedback. Um, I was going to suggest that you guys share your content in the Facebook group, but I'm afraid that you guys are going to start saying, hey, I wrote this. What do you think? And you're going to get a bunch of silly critiques that aren't even important. Just write it and write it as you. Don't try to be professional and just get into that habit. You're not going to love your first attempts at this. And I've heard this said before that if you love your first attempts, you waited too long. You should hate them and be embarrassed by them even when you're first getting started. And especially when you have more experience and when you've got more practice, you'll look back on those early ones and be tempted to delete them. But just get them out there anyway, because you're not going to get better if you don't practice. Now, I do have a download for this episode. It's just a quick checklist of some things to do, places to go, so that you can print that out and have that handy when you're planning out your content strategy. You can get access to that at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 32, and I'll have a link there where you can sign up to get access to not just this download, but the downloads for all the previous episodes as well. I created a free membership area of sorts where you can log in once, just sign up once and log in to access all of the downloads because I know it was getting really hairy for me to create all the different sign up forms for each episode that had worksheets on. And I know it was not fun for you guys either to have to sign up each time. So now um, you can go there to sign up once and for all and get access to everything. And if you've already signed up, that link will take you to your login. So you can log in and get access to it there as well. I hope you found this episode helpful. And if you have, please let me know. It means so much to hear from you that what I'm doing here is making a difference. Those are my favorite emails to get. And finally, if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go ahead and do that. I've got some really great things coming up. I mentioned Britt from Marketing Personalities is going to be on soon. And I think that's going to really help you guys if you're struggling to know which social media platforms to be using or what type of marketing you should be doing, whether you even need to have a blog. It's pretty amazing how accurate and helpful it is to read the recommendations that she has for your specific personality type. It sounds crazy, but um, I 
was already kind of doing the things that were suggested, but it was so helpful to read that I was on the right track and also to get some additional insight into some additional stuff I could be doing. So I think you're going to really love that episode. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter because before that episode airs, I'm going to send out an email with a link to a free test to find out what your personality type is before that episode. So listening to it will make a little more sense. And then we're also planning a private event for anyone who buys her guide for your specific personality type. She's got, I don't even know, there's something like 18 personality types and she's created a marketing guide for each one. And it's only, I think, $29. I have mine. It's really good. Um, But anybody who buys that, we're going to do a private Q&A with her so you can find out your personality type, download that guide, listen to the episode, and then ask Britt any questions you have about your specific personality and what you should be doing. So I'm so, so excited about that. It's such a great tool to have. And you know, I've mentioned this in this episode and I mention it all the time. I want your business to be fun and easy for you. And part of that is doing things that work well with your personality. And this goes so far in helping you achieve that. So um, anyway, I'm super, super excited to have her on. I cannot wait for you guys to hear her. Okay, that's it. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you next time.